Hello, friends. Welcome to Trivia Over Tea, the quiz show podcast where we drink tea and play trivia. I am your host, Matthew Cook, and I'm here virtually with our scorekeeper, Carter Zenke. How are you doing today, Carter? Oh, I'm doing great as always. Just excited to bring some new scoring innovations to our show. Yes. Uh, for those of you who are listening right now, Carter is displaying his score sheet on our Zoom screen, and it's very exciting uh, for me, at least. It's like a live scoreboard. Wow. So many fun things happening on our podcast. Well, this is our fourth quarterfinal match of our Trivia Over Tea Tournament of Champions, and it just so happens that it's going to be a rematch of our mid-year tournament final. And so first, we have Sophie. Hello, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thank you for being back. And we also have Matthew. Hello, everybody. Happy to be on Trivia Over Tea again for, I think it's my sixth time on the pod. Fifth or sixth, <laughs> depending on how you count it, because so, we lost your episode. So yeah, that was sad. That's true. Yeah, the lost episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, good to be with all of you again. Yeah. Well, thank you both for being here once again. As with all of our episodes, we'll have four rounds of questions, each with a slightly different format. And so without further ado, Carter will explain the rules for round one. Round one is our first general knowledge round. So you know, five multiple question, multiple choice questions for each of you. Uh, questions here with 10 points each of you get them correct. All righty, Sophie, you're up first. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, question one. Featuring characters such as Tiny Tim and Ebenezer Scrooge, a Christmas Carol is a classic novella written by what British author? A, William Shakespeare, B, Charles Dickens, or C, Percy Bysshe Shelley? I think it's B, Charles Dickens. That's correct. He also wrote uh, novels such as Oliver Twist, Great Expectations, and A Tale of Two Cities. Question two. On November 1st, 2021, the U.S. House of Representatives officially passed an act recognizing the Lumbee tribe, which is primarily based in Robeson County in what large state in the Upper South? A, North Carolina, B, Virginia, or C, Tennessee? Um, I think it's Virginia. It was actually North Carolina. And the Lumbee tribe is one of eight recognized by the state. Question three. What is the most populous county in the United States? A, Kings County, New York, B, Cook County, Illinois, or C, Los Angeles County, California? Oh gosh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Los Angeles County? That's correct. LA County, per the 2020 census, has over 10 million residents. Cook County, which contains Chicago and the surrounding suburbs, has over 5 million residents. No one county contains all of New York City. Kings County is also uh, is contiguous with the Brooklyn Borough, uh, and that has over 2.7 million residents. Question four. Who is the current president of Mexico? A, Enrique Peña Nieto, B, Vicente Fox, or C, Andres Manuel López Obrador? I think Vicente Fox was from a while ago. I haven't heard of a third person, but I think it's A. Uh, he was, Nieto, Peña Nieto was the previous president uh, from 2012 to 2018, um, but Obrador is the current president, and he assumed office December 1st, 2018. Uh, Fox, you are right, was president 2000 to 2006. And finally, question five. In 2007, Katherine Heigl won an Emmy Award for her role in what drama series? A, Grey's Anatomy, B, Suits, or C, The Twilight Zone? A, Grey's Anatomy. That's correct. She played Dr. Izzy Stevens in the first six seasons. 
the worst character. All right. I'm, I haven't seen very much of it, so. <laughs> it's not Great. worth watching. Okay. Matthew, are you ready for your five questions? I am. And I forgot to mention earlier, I am accompanied by my trusty Earl Grey iced tea ah, <laughs> as his customary. Fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. All righty. Question one. Which of these elements is not a noble gas? A, helium, B, argon, or C, nitrogen? I believe it's nitrogen. That's correct. Question two. Which of the following cities has the lowest latitude? A, Beijing, China, B, Florence, Italy, or C, New York City? Interesting. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to go... Mm, actually, I was going to say Florence, but now I'm overthinking it. I'm going to stick with Florence. I'm going to go with my gut. Interestingly enough, Florence is actually the northernmost of those three cities. Not this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Beijing's latitude is 39.9 degrees north. Um, which, and so that is the southernmost of the three cities, um, which is roughly equivalent to Philadelphia. Florence is 43.7 degrees north, which is slightly further north than Portland, Maine, or Boise, Idaho. And New York City is 40.7 degrees north, which is about a third of, the, third of a degree north, or sorry, third of a degree south of Istanbul. So nice. all, all of mainland Europe is like sneaky far north. Yeah. <laughs> Question three. Which of the following operas by, operas by Benjamin Britten features an all-male cast? A, Peter Grimes, B, Albert Herring, or C, Billy Budd? I don't know Albert Herring. I know Peter Grimes has at least a couple, has several female characters. I'm going to go with Billy Budd. That's correct. It's based on a novella by Herman Melville, and the opera takes place aboard a Royal Navy ship in 1797. And I recorded the Billy Budd aria yesterday, actually. Yes, King. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Question four. Ponta Delgada is the capital and largest city of what chain of islands, the westernmost region of Portugal? A, Madeira, B, the Azores, or C, the Canary Islands? West of Portugal, Madeira? Uh, no, it's actually the Azores, because the Azores oh, are okay. further out in the ocean. And finally, question five. David Allen Coe's hit 1975 outlaw country song, You Never Even Called Me By My Name, features a section of the song where Coe mentions the song he just sang was not the perfect country and westerns, country western song because it, quote, hadn't said anything at all about mama or trains or trucks or prison or what? A, the dog, B, getting drunk, or C, the girlfriend who ran away. Hmm. I'm, I do not know the song, but I am going to use my background as a lyricist to say that the girl who ran away is a, is a, much, is a more satisfying end lyric when you have a list lyric, when you're doing a list song. You always want to have like a certain cadence. So I'm going to say the girl, what is it, who ran away? Yeah. Um, well, unfortunately, that one was made up by our question writer. Um, it was Dang getting, it. It was getting drunk. Yeah. Well, Dave, my my compliments to the question writer. Because yeah, <laughs> that is an excellent end of list lyric. There you go. Thank you, Matthew Hauser, for that uh, wonderful option. David Allen. It's a great Coe, song. Uh, there you go. Yeah. It, sorry, everyone should listen to it. It's hilarious. David Allen Coe finishes his song with a verse including all of the aforementioned elements going, Well, I was drunk the day my mom got out of prison and I went to pick her up in the rain, but before I could get to the station in my pickup truck, she got run over by a damned old train. 
That's iconic. I didn't yeah. look this person up. <laughs> <laughs> David Allen Coe, ladies and gentlemen. I'm writing this down. That sounds amazing. <laughs> There's your new inspiration for your uh, for your next musical. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the end of round one. So, Carter, can you please give us a score update? Well, as everyone can clearly see, Sophie has 30 points and Matthew has 20 points. It's now time for our weekly audience question. If you'll recall, last week our question was, Abraham Lincoln set the standard that Thanksgiving be celebrated on the last Thursday in November, but what president, in a year in which November had five Thursdays, declared the holiday would be on the 4th or next to last Thursday in November, hoping that extending the Christmas shopping season would help boost the economy? And the answer is President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. The year was 1939, and according to the New York Times Morning Newsletter from Thanksgiving morning, Roosevelt tried to spark the economy by moving Thanksgiving one week earlier to create a longer Christmas shopping season. Critics mocked the policy as Thanksgiving, and it failed. Roosevelt announced in 1941 that he was abandoning the experiment for the next year. Roosevelt ultimately settled on the fourth Thursday of the month, a middle ground that made sure the holiday would not occur later than November 28th, and that Christmas shopping would always begin in November. And that year, 1939, makes sense because that was still in the midst of the Great Depression. So it makes sense that he would want to spark the economy. Alrighty, and so for this week's audience question, in tribute to Stephen Sondheim, who passed away over the weekend, what 1962 farcical comedy was the first Broadway show for which Sondheim wrote both the words and the music? So have a think about that, send me your answers, and I'll announce the correct answer next week. And by the way, I almost forgot, Kathy Yang wrote in to answer this week's audience question, and so Kathy will receive a sticker. So really make sure that you write in with your answers. Don't just listen and don't write in. Actually write in and tell me what your answer is so that you too may win a sticker. And I know I've been saying this for a few weeks now, but we actually think that we're going to be able to share the design of the sticker with you in the next week. So make sure you write in with your answer. Alrighty, and now it is time for round two. So, Carter, can you please explain the rules? Yes, round two will consist of five open-ended questions on the same topic directed to each of you. Um, questions here are worth 20 points each. If you get one uh, wrong, your opponent can answer for half that many points, or 10 in this case. Alrighty, Sophie, um, your, your questions were actually written by my parents uh, who teamed up to write some second round questions. Um, and the topic that they chose was rides at Disneyland. So I hope you've been to Disneyland. <laughs> I've only been once and it was okay. when I was a kid. Okay. <laughs> I, I think you think you might know at least most of them. Um, anyway, your questions will be about rides at Disneyland. So here we go. Question one. The Matterhorn bobsled ride is based on the Matterhorn Mountain in which European country? Um, oh gosh, I've heard of the Matterhorn Mountain. I'm going to guess Switzerland. That's correct. It's in the Swiss Alps. Question two. What indoor rocket-themed roller coaster opened in May 1977? Um, I don't know. Indoor rocket-themed roller coaster in the 70s. Uh, it's still, but, but it's still a thing. And, it, and actually, it's, okay. at both, it's at both Disneyland and Disney World. Okay. I love all this extra 
extra stuff you're giving me here, except I still don't know the answer. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, no idea. Okay, Matthew? I believe that's Space Mountain. Space Mountain, yeah. Uh, my dad claims to have been the one, one of the first people to ride Space Mountain shortly after it opened. Um, and my mom, who worked at Disneyland, had her employee locker inside Space Mountain. Wow. Yeah. Question three. What famous pop singer had an attraction at Disneyland? Famous pop singer had an attraction at Disneyland? Um, oh, gosh. Ariana Grande? No. Matthew? I don't know if this is at Disneyland, but he said pop singer Disneyland. I keep thinking of Captain EO, which is Michael Jackson, but I don't know if that was at Disneyland. You you are 100% correct. It is Michael Jackson. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. He starred as Captain EO in a 3D science fiction film that played at Disneyland from 1986 through 1998. My mom worked at the premiere party, although she did not see Michael Jackson, according to her. Question four. Who had an apartment above the firehouse on Main Street in Disneyland? Um... Walt Disney? That's correct. Oh, yeah. thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. And finally, question five. Which princess has her castle at Disneyland? Like as opposed to Disney World or something? As opposed to Disney World. Because the, the, the <laughs> Disney World castle is, is for a different princess. Okay. Um, Cinderella? It's not Cinderella. Matthew? I was between Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty. So by process of elimination, I'm going to say Sleeping Beauty. It is Sleeping Beauty. Cinderella has her castle at Disney World. Yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one. Alrighty, uh, Matthew, for your round two. So this, this episode is being released December 1st. And since it's December, that is the start of Advent. And so I'm going to give you five questions about the Advent season. All right. So, are you ready? <laughs> Sure. Okay. Question one. In Western Christianity, the Advent season is the beginning of what calendar? The liturgical calendar? Yeah, the liturgical year. Um, and it begins four Sundays before Christmas. Question two. Since approximately the 13th century, the traditional liturgical color for Advent has been what? I believe it's blue. No, it's not blue. Sophie, you know? Red? It's purple. Oh, we should have just gone between those two. Yeah. I, for whatever reason, thought Lent was purple. Oh, Lent is also, purple is also for Lent too. But but yeah, the, the traditional color is, um, is for Advent is purple. Um, and three of the Advent candles are purple. Uh, and clergy typically wear purple vestments during this time. Hmm. Question three. What hymn whose text, or text originates from the 9th century and whose tune is of 15th century French origin is popular in Advent? The refrain begins, rejoice, rejoice. Oh, uh, come, come, Emmanuel. Yes, that's correct. I have a horror story of having to sing all seven verses printed in the Methodist hymnal in a service once. I also have major opinions about when this hymn should be played, and it's not my favorite. We'll leave that. <laughs> yeah. We'll leave that, that for another episode. That I have not done. I I did in my by my the end the waning days of my career as a boy soprano. <laughs> I went to a couple churches to sing "Once in World David City" in oh. <laughs> Advent, which I don't know if it's fully an Advent thing or like more of a Christmas thing. I don't know. But... I I always seem to get stuck with that one on like the Sunday after Christmas. I've I played that like three straight years on the organ after Christmas. I think it's more of a Christmas hymn, but it's all lumped into one at this point there yeah, pretty much my my big opinion about O Come, Come Emmanuel is that it should not be sung on christmas eve 
because they've already sung it like three weeks before and it's not my favorite hymn and I'd rather sing other things. And But anyway, I said I wasn't going to go down that rabbit hole and yet I did. So Anyway, we'll get back on topic. Question four. In the Advent wreath, the rose-colored candle lit on the third Sunday of Advent signifies what? Signifies. Yeah, I'm, I see it in the wreath, but I don't... Mm. I don't remember four, what it signifies. No, yeah, because no. the four the candles, they, they each have like a um, theme, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Sophie? <laughs> There's no way. I'm, uh, I'll guess um, Star of Bethlehem. Uh, the answer is joy. Because um, the, the purple candles represent hope, peace, and love. So the pink is joy. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And, and question five. In Advent, it is common for churches to put together exhibitions of what scene depicting the birth of Jesus? The nativity. That's correct. All righty, that's the end of round two. So Carter, can you please give us a score update? Well, we have Matthew with 110 and Sophie with 70. Well, now it is time for round three. So Carter, can you please explain the rules? Yes, round three is like round two with five open-ended questions for each of you. This time they can get any topic and they're also worth 30 points. And so if you get one wrong, your opponent can answer for 15 points. Alrighty, Sophie, are you ready? As I'll ever be. Okay, question one. Interstate 90 crosses the Mississippi River into Minnesota from what Wisconsin city that, with a population of 52,680, is the largest city on the state's western border? I'm pretty sure it's La Crosse. That's correct. The city is home to the University of Wisconsin at La Crosse. Question two. What common solvent is also used to remove nail polish? Acetone. That's correct. I, I realize now that I put that question to a set uh, that we did three weeks ago, um, but there you go. You get it too. I hope you didn't write that one right. That was Caitlin's. No, okay. I didn't write that one. Okay, yeah. good. That was Caitlin's. <laughs> okay, good. Question three. Achromatopsia is the medical term for the rare total version of what visual syndrome? The rare total version of visual syndrome. You said achromatopsia? Oh, I don't know what any of the parts of that mean. Um, blindness? Close. In both eyes? Blindness what, in both eyes? What, what kind of blindness? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Of the eye? Okay. Uh, no. Uh, Matthew? Uh, say it one more time. Acromatopsia. A-C-H-R-O-M-A-T-O-P-S-I-A. Acromatopsia. Blindness? Like, like, um... Color blindness? Color blindness. Yeah. I knew it as soon as you spelled it and it had C H R like Oh, the chrome. Yeah. yeah. Oh chrome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was color blindness. Question four. What English soccer player made global headlines when he announced that he would play for the LA Galaxy of the MLS in two thousand seven? I think it's David Beckham. That's correct. He was originally on loan to the Galaxy for six months from Real Madrid but Beckham ended up staying in LA through 2012. And finally, question five. On December 1st, 1955, Rosa Parks was arrested for refusing to give up her seat on a bus to a white man in what Alabama city? Montgomery. That's correct. A major event in the civil rights movement, it sparked the Montgomery bus boycott, which lasted over a year. Alrighty, Matthew, are you ready for your five questions? 
Yes. All righty. Question one. What is the only secondary interstate highway in Houston? <laughs> How many Houston highway questions are you going to ask me on the show? I, uh, I'm really <laughs> exhausting my knowledge of, of I, I had to like look at the map really carefully. <laughs> secondary interstate highway? Secondary interstate. There's only one. There's only one, as I found out the other day. I don't even know what that means, but it, but it probably shouldn't tell me, but like, um, I would guess 69. No, it's not 69. Sophie, just pick a number. <laughs> um, 50. Um, this is I-610. It makes a loop okay. around the inner city sector of Houston. Um, a secondary interstate highway is a three digit interstate highway oh it's usually a a spur route and so 610 means it's a a spur of interstate 10 Um, and then the six indicates that it's more of a loop or a bypass route than one that goes directly into the city center all the numbers mean something like they do did you ask this question just so you would get a chance to explain it on air um maybe oh call him out call him out (laughs) (laughs) it is my show so i can do whatever i want really Question two. The famous wedding processional, Here Comes the Bride, is from what Wagner opera? Oh, no. Wait, I'm overthinking it. No, because I was, no, no, no. I'm going to go with my, no, wait, no. (laughs) I was like, uh, is it Tannhäuser or Lohengrin? But my first thought was Tannhäuser, and I think it is Tannhäuser. (laughs) It's not Tannhäuser. Sophie? Damn. Uh, well, you said three. The only other one that I remember is Lohengrin. It's Lohengrin. Yeah. Oh my God, I shouldn't Lohengrin. get points for that. Oh, okay. I shouldn't get points for well, that. Well, I mean, you, get, you no, got you it should, right. You should. It's all fair. I should <laughs> you, not have, I should not have showed right. my hand that way. <laughs> um, it comes at the beginning of Act 3 as Lohengrin and his bride, Elsa, are ushered in. Uh, Christian churches, notably many Catholic dioceses, object to its use because it is a theatrical piece, not a sacred piece. Plus, as my organ professor, Lad Thomas, pointed out last month, the bride in question dies at the end of the opera, so not a great omen for uh, oh, no. <laughs> for a wedding. Yeah. So, there you go. Question three. In 1999, Frank Tichelli wrote a now-famous concert band piece about the famous 79 AD eruption of what Italian volcano? Uh, Mount Vesuvius. That's correct. And that, of course, was the one next to Pompeii. Question four. The main airport for Cincinnati, Ohio, is actually located in what state? Cincinnati. Okay, let's see. Cincinnati is, I believe, on the... mm, I think it's still on the northern end of the state. Um, I'm going to say Pennsylvania. No, not Pennsylvania, Sophie. Um, I'm not sure where Cincinnati is either. Uh, Indiana? It's closer. Um, Cincinnati's in the southwest corner of Cincinnati. I think you were thinking of Cleveland, Matthew, which is uh, up in probably. the northeast corner. Um, and uh, Cincinnati sits on the Ohio River across from Kentucky. And the airport is in Kentucky. Uh-huh. And it's actually called uh, Cincinnati Northern Kentucky International Airport. And finally, question five. In 2012, a group of students at the Norwegian University of Science and Technology created what interactive learning platform where participants answer quiz questions by tapping one of the four buttons on their mobile device? Wait, say, I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Yeah. In 2012, 
a group of students at the Norwegian University of Science and Technology created What Interactive Learning Platform, where participants answer quiz questions by tapping one of the four buttons on their mobile device. Okay, so like when you first said that, I was like, this is going to be like a really fancy piece of tech. And then you read it again, and I was like, oh, no, wait, it's just Kahoot. It's Kahoot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's it. Well, that's the end of round three. So, Carter, can you please give us a score update? Looks like we have another lead change with Sophie at 205 and Matthew at 185. Mm. All righty, and now it is time for round four. So, Carter, can you please explain the rules? Well, round four is our showdown in which we have three questions for each of you, uh, each worth 40 points. We'll ask you to write down your answers and we'll reveal them at the same time. All righty, Matthew, Sophie, are you ready? Yes. Okay. Question one. In 1777, Marie Tussaud created her first wax sculpture of what French Enlightenment philosopher and author of works such as Maid of Orleans and Henriade? You said French philosophist? Yeah, and French Enlightenment philosopher and author of works such as Maid of Orleans and Henriade. All righty. Sophie, what is your answer? I wrote a question mark because I don't know any French philosophers. Okay. Matthew? I went with the one French philosopher I know, which would be Rousseau. Uh, no, wrong French philosopher. This was Voltaire. Uh, Tussaud learned wax sculpting from Philippe um, Curtius in Switzerland and France before traveling Europe exhibiting her works. By 1835, she had settled in London and opened a museum. And Madame Tussauds is now a major tourist attraction in London and has satellite museums all over the world. Question two. Anderson Cooper is a member of what prominent, wealthy American family? Okay, do we have answers? Sophie? Um, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Matthew? The Vanderbilt family. He's a Vanderbilt, yeah. The family initially gained success for Cornelius Vanderbilt's shipping and railroad empire. Cooper's mother is Gloria Vanderbilt, who is Cornelius's great-great-granddaughter. Yeah, I learned that like two months ago randomly, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And finally, question three. In 1960, three members of what rock band were deported from Germany? It's one you've heard of, so. Alrighty, Sophie, what is your answer? The Rolling Stones. Matthew? I also said the Rolling Stones. It was actually the Beatles, believe it or not. After oh breaking their contract at a club in Hamburg, George Harrison was deported for lying about his age to authorities, and Paul McCartney and then-drummer Pete Best were deported for attempted arson. Well, that's the end of the game, so Carter, what's the final score? It looks like the final score is Matthew with 225 and Sophie with 205. Another close match. Well, congratulations, Matthew, you have won. Do you have anything that you would like to say? Uh, this is a great game. Thank you, Sophie. This was fun. <laughs> Yeah, always wonderful to have the two of you. Well, thank you both for joining us today. And thank you, Carter Zanke, for being our scorekeeper and Mason Cook for composing the music. Today's questions were written by Caitlin Fick, Lucas Hauser, Matthew Hauser, Mason Cook, and yours truly. And thank you for listening. 
Please like and, subscri- and subscribe to Trivia Over Tea on your preferred podcast platform and leave us a review if you enjoyed it. And check out our Facebook and Instagram pages and our Twitter account at tw- uh, Trivia Over Tea. I almost said Twitter again. I did that last episode. Feel free to message us there if you have any comments or suggestions regarding the show. And tune in next week when we'll start the semifinals of our tournament and have 33 more fantastic questions. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Bye.